0: For almost 30 years, I've been teaching people to do something that I call reading your internal compasses. I believe we are all born with direction-finding mechanisms that are inherent in us and will help us find our best destiny. Uh, A few years ago, though, I realized that a lot of people were getting very, very anxious. And this is true. Anxiety is going nuts all over the planet. So I spent five years researching and writing a book about how to read your compasses and lower the anxiety that's getting between you and your right life. And I'm very excited about the book. It's coming out in 2025, but I would love to teach you about it before the book comes out. So this summer, I'm doing a course called The Wayfinder's Compass, Moving Beyond Anxiety. And you can check it out by going to marthabeck.com slash compass, and we will have a fabulous time putting you on course for your North Star.
1: Hi, I'm Martha Beck. And I'm Rowan Mangan, and this is another episode of Bewildered, the podcast for people trying to figure it out. How you doing, Marty? Good.
0: Doing great. Got my lidocaine patches all over my back. <laughs> Everything's perfect with lidocaine.
1: Lovely. What are you trying to
0: figure out in your life? <laughs> um,
1: so the other day, this, is, this may not be easy for you to hear, Marty, but I'm just going to tell you. The other day... Like you and I, we pass each other in the day. Sometimes we're busy and, you know, I'm just coming from the dentist, you're on your way to a meeting and little peck on the cheek, little not hot and heavy kissing, just a little like, hey, honey. Um, And we had one of those. And it struck me afterwards that it's like it's probably weird that when... I go to give my wife a kiss, she, a, a look of horror and revulsion crosses her what? face and she tries to like lean away from me a little bit, even as she's leaning in, yeah. like your body's leaning towards me, but your neck is kind of pushing your face back a little <laughs> like bit. Not- and now I will say I feel quite um, secure in our relationship. So it was more of an idle thought than a panic. I wonder okay. why she does that. And then I realized, can you guess?
0: because of the massive electrical shock we always give each other
1: in our house at certain times of year there is some really full-on electric shock stuff going on and i think kisses are often like where we feel them and so um
0: (laughs) i love you honey but i could lose a lip i'm not kidding
1: (laughs) what would that look like
0: oh please people are going to send us pictures
1: Of people who lost their lips kissing their wives (laughs) under circumstances that created electric shocks. I'm sure they're out there. (laughs) (laughs) So I was
0: trying to figure that out, but I think I've done
1: it. And you know what? We're going to get through this.
0: Yeah. As soon as you said it, I was like, imagine giving you a peck and then, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. And you often, I, it must be said that when you come up, you often like poke me on the shoulder first. It's trying to ground, like, <laughs> clear, <Kiss>. clear.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like Grey's Anatomy in our house. However, just yeah, say my heart. heart
0: ever stops, just lean down, give me a little kiss. <laughs> That's heart hilarious. Okay. So what are you trying to figure out? Um, not that far distant, really. Yeah. If you think about it, we were we had this wonderful lunch in the city with a most lovely person from a publishing house, and we had just met her, and we were having the best conversation. And I was waxing prolix, mm. as one says. I was loquacious. Mm. I spoke in many words until you started kicking me under the table, and I was like, "Oh, I said the wrong thing," and I would like take a whole different tack. And then you'd kick me again, and I'd be like, "Have you ever seen an ostrich?" And then you kick me, and I'd be, <laughs> and I'd be like, uh, "George the Third peed blue. Did you know that he had this?" And then Have you'd ever kick ever me again, an and then you'd kick me again, and I was like, "How about like Formula One racing?" And you'd kick me, like, and finally, I literally had to say right in front of this beautiful woman that we just met, "Bro, are you kicking me because I'm saying the wrong things?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> at which point I said, if I'm remembering this correctly, what <laughs> What was, are you talking about? That
0: was your very eloquent answer.
1: I, I don't wax as, as loquacious as you, but um, yeah, I had, I had not been kicking you on purpose at all. I think I was trying to like, there was something about the height of the table that made it tricky for me to cross my one leg over the other sure. leg. and
0: um, it, You're a victim because you're tall. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, you have those long, like long legs.
1: Yeah, yeah, tall people well,
0: can be violent sometimes.
1: <laughs> that's how it goes. I
0: wouldn't know. But I'm glad I didn't <laughs> say horrible wrong
1: things. Have you ever seen an ostrich? <laughs> I love that the way your mind works is I, I – this is you. I'm being you. My par- I think my partner's kicking me under the table for saying the wrong thing, but that's okay. I'm going to solve it. <laughs> In this meeting with a publishing house – I am going to pivot to what can't possibly go wrong. <laughs> Have you ever seen an ostrich? Have you ever seen an ostrich? What I like about it is that it's a yes, no question. That's right, brief,
0: simple, to the point. Anyone can participate. <laughs> but you know the best thing to say if, you ha- if you're if you at a cocktail party or something, and I hate cocktail parties, and you're totally out of things to say. Mm-hmm. And you're just, like, I get in this block where I can't talk. All you have to do is have this in your back pocket, this question, you just turn to the nearest person and say, have you ever been attacked by an animal? You will have a group of people around you talking and talking because we evolved to discuss being attacked by animals. It's a no (laughs) fail. So what you should have said is not, have you ever
1: seen an ostrich, but have you ever been attacked by an ostrich? Which, oh, can we tell the story?
0: I can, we told it already you
1: got to tell it again
0: okay well there was this wonderful ostrich that we knew who was a wild ostrich who was walked- called Jessica no it's Jennifer Jennifer um people at Longdolosi the game preserve where we where we do our yearly seminars um, this one lone ostrich came in and they always take people out at sunset and everyone gets out and has a little drink and a snack in the beautiful bush and this ostrich started running up to groups of people and they'd have to climb in their land rovers and drive away and she would come running up to them again and finally some a ranger was out there on his own and he just thought this has got to stop i'm not leaving and jennifer the ostrich we're being
1: harassed by this ostrich yes and i'm not taking it anymore jennifer it's you and me
0: (laughs) and jennifer ran up to him and stopped and just sat there like hanging out and they realized she was lonely
1: she just wanted some
0: friends. I know. <laughs> so they just they just started having Jennifer stop at the at the drink stops and, and just hang out. And she was less lonely. And then two male ostriches came onto the property after like a year. And then they got together and she had eggs. But she was still really tameish, but not tamed. But we were they were telling us this and we were on a game drive with this um uh, Shangan ranger named Exxon after the company. And he was sitting on this um, forward seat on the hood of the car. And we saw these ostriches. And sure enough, Jennifer came over. She stood by him and she put her wing in his lap. Yeah. And he held her wing in his hand. Yeah. They just held hands. And it it was so nice. And then. um, But, Marty, have you ever been attacked by a wild animal? Then Jennifer came back to see us. And she leaned over, and I put up my hand in ostrich formation, making it look like the head of an ostrich. <laughs> like you're trying to do a duck in the shadow puppet. Right. So that'll fool her. <laughs> so I reach my hand out, and she leans her beautiful beak toward my hand and gently touches my hand, at which moment I feel a violent blow on the back of my head. Wham! And it's Karen. A beloved Karen. She's going to hurt you. So – yeah, I was severely injured in an ostrich attack by my loving partner <laughs> who slapped me from behind as I was being gently kissed by a <laughs> loving ostrich. Uh, it was a love festival, but I came out of it bruised. <laughs> <laughs> See, interestingly, it- Jennifer's also in a thruple. That's true, with the two males. Yeah. yeah, Thruples everywhere. We'll be right back
1: with more Bewildered. I have a favor to ask. You might not know this, but ratings and reviews are like gold in the podcasting universe. They get podcasts in front of more faces, more eyes, more ears, all the bits that you could have a podcast in front of, that's what they do. So it would help us enormously if you would consider going over to your favourite podcasting app, especially if it's Apple, and giving us a few stars, maybe even five maybe even six, if you can find a way to hack the system, I wouldn't complain. And um, a a review would also be wonderful. We read them all and love them. So thank you very much in advance. Let's just go out there and bewilder the world.
0: For almost 30 years, I've been teaching people to do something that I call reading your internal compasses. I believe we are all born with direction-finding mechanisms that are inherent in us and will help us find our best destiny. Uh, A few years ago, though, I realized that a lot of people were getting very, very anxious. And this is true. Anxiety is going nuts all over the planet. So I spent five years researching and writing a book about how to read your compasses and lower the anxiety that's getting between you and your right life. And I'm very excited about the book. It's coming out in 2025, but I would love to teach you about it before the book comes out. So this summer, I'm doing a course called The Wayfinder's Compass, Moving Beyond Anxiety. And you can check it out by going to marthabeck.com slash compass, and we will have a fabulous time putting you on course for your North Star.
1: Listen, I'm I'm just going to go out on a limb and say let's pivot to the old um, the podcast that we're doing. <laughs> oh, that yeah. I remember that. Let's yeah, do let's, it. It's a Bewildfile it. today. It is. It is. And as constant listeners will know, the Bewildfiles episodes are when we hear what you're trying to figure out and try to help with that. And today yeah. we're hearing from Sari. Yes. Hi, Rowan, Martha. My name is Sari, and I love your podcast. What I'm trying to figure out is how do you know if by learning all the methods to self-soothe, you're not actually enabling yourself to stay in situations that aren't aligned with your integrity? How do you know the difference between when to take action outside yourself and when to just deal with the emotions internally? Thank you! Yeah, it can be so confusing, I think, for those of us who are in the habit of questioning our thoughts and not always totally believing what we think in a given situation mm-hmm. um, to to know when it's time for which, right?
0: Right, yeah. And and for those of you who are not familiar with the whole questioning your thoughts thing, we're not taught to question our thoughts growing up. So one of the things that we do that's kind of extra cultural, I mean, outside culture, not more culture, is that. We acknowledge the idea that a lot of our problems come not from circumstances, but from our thoughts about those circumstances. So you you could be in a conversation where you feel offended by someone and they could mean all the best, but you have something in your head that says, she is only complimenting me to mock me or whatever. The problem isn't with the circumstances, it's with your thoughts about it. So you need to shift your thinking and then you won't have as much suffering. Yeah. yeah and sorry sorry didn't
1: use that language she was talking about self soothing but this mm. is the direction that we're taking it in yeah. in terms of knowing the difference between those two times right when the problem is you and when the problem is the situation
0: right thank you so every now and then we do have to make a judgment about when a circumstance is not going right and we have to is it requiring us to look at our thinking just adapt our attitude look at the situation freshly you know and you thinking. have a lot of um
1: a lot of clients who who have this situation right in terms of jobs or oh, yeah. marriages or-
0: should i stay or should i go is like a constant question that everyone has i think and i think as things move faster in the world it comes up a lot
1: yeah. yeah and
0: as we were sort of
1: thinking about this topic we found ourselves focusing mostly on romantic relationships mm. just because it is very common where this, for this question to come up in that and it just it feels like the stakes are especially high in that situation. They are very emotional. So what, what would you say the culture
0: says <sighs> about this topic, Marty? You know, I think that the culture doesn't care about our happiness. So it's what? like it cares about itself. So it's, it basically says, look, I don't care which option you choose, but don't change the culture. Don't disrupt anything. The correct choice is whatever causes the fewest ripples. Like. If you're a modern American in a bad marriage, divorce is pretty common. Very common. It's like two thirds of every all marriages, and in divorce, and it's accepted socially. But like, remember when we were watching The Crown, mm-hmm. and and Prince Philip is like stepping out on the Queen, and Queen Elizabeth is like, "There will be no, there will. How do you do it? There will be, there no, will be no divorce. There will be no divorce. And the reason for that." The series is called The Crown because it's like maximum cultural pressure. When you actually wear the crown, you have to keep the rules of the culture. You
1: are the culture. And the culture in this instance, just to be super clear, is actually the culture of the monarchy itself. Yes, not England
0: necessarily. But the monar- uh, monarchy, especially at that time, there was no divorce. And I remember thinking it's so because she would say, it's not my decision. It's the crown that demands it. And I thought... <laughs> That's a lot to be taking orders from your hat. <laughs> like, <laughs> I must not do that. Everyone I hate you, but I will not divorce you because my hat forbids it. So
1: Liz is unhappy, Philip's unhappy, but the hat the hat the is is happy. Because the culture h- remains unperturbed, right? right? They haven't they haven't right. played with it. I'd yep. love that um you talk about it as the hat because yeah. it's such a great metaphor for how ridiculous culture is right yeah. and just how it's as ridiculous like I can't do what my heart wants me to do because my hat says I can't like that's
0: what we sound like <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> you know I can't follow my heart because I have to follow my hat ha- I actually got a hat and started taking orders from it <laughs> I do- want to stay in bed till noon but my head insists <laughs> where are the corgis <laughs> <laughs> sorry um brits who you know revere the monarchy i'll try to be better no, so. anyway we are we all participate in lots of different cultures mm. these days so it's not one monolithic culture as much as it ever increasingly it's multiple cultural pressures, which is why I think Thanksgiving Day fights in America are getting more and more volatile. (laughs) You never know what someone's subculture is going to pressure them into and then they they come together wearing different hats.
1: Yeah, yeah, cultural clashes at Thanksgiving. So we have to be able to take off the hat to some extent before Mm. we can answer this question, right, because otherwise we're just going to be – I mean – I. In fairness to Elizabeth and and Philip, I think mm-hmm. they I think they sorted. They made it out. work. They made it work somehow. Those two crazy kids. Um, <laughs> but um, in order to get the clarity, you can't have any clarity while you're still wearing your hat. Yes, right. Yes, and, So and, take
0: off the hat. And as I always say, the clear the, the best way to get off your hat is to go into a room by yourself. It's like Virginia Woolf's A Room of One's Own. When I read that as a kid, I was like, "Why?" Is she? I never had a room of my own. And I'm like, why is she so selfish? And it's like, she was just talking about a space to have your own thoughts, um, where you could really be whole. And wasn't she closeted gay? And yeah. And then she committed suicide because she didn't have she a was, room. <laughs> she didn't have a room of her own. <laughs> it looks like, like I think you're going out on a bit of a limb. Here. It looks like she committed suicide just because of real estate, but in actuality, it was the homophobia of her culture that she wore like the head of doom. And uh, it 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 did her in. It did her in. <laughs> So, so, um, in solitude,
1: we can escape culture.
0: Yes, yes. And then, but um, you also, you have to get to the point where you know that the battering of your cultural influences has, has sort of died down. Like you have to really, you're in a hurricane of cultural pressures. And you were saying something that I'd never heard about this, but to answer Sari's question, she needs to go, you said, below the bedrock.
1: Yeah, so I I think you can't even ask the question mm. until you're you're way down at the bedrock level of yourself because it's just culture, 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 culture. There's right. this whole archaeology layers and layers of the different cultures that we move within and questions that are this high stakes that we ask ourselves. And, like, if, if you're asking yourself, it means that, there's some inner conflict right mm, so right. like before you even can ask yourself this question yeah you've got to get get below bedrock get at bedrock or below bedrock then you ask it yeah <laughs> and then you know we we can and,
0: go on and you ask it in the, where you know you're to the bedrock because it gets quiet inside right mm. the culture is very clamorous <laughs> You have to, you must, you have to, you must. And I often see people go to their hearts and go, Okay, I know, in the quiet. And then they start thinking about other people and they're like, Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but. And I used to call it getting on the island of yeah, but where you see the ship and you want to get on it, but you think, Yeah, but. And you don't get on ship after ship and choices pass you by. So
1: that's a risk. And I think that one of the things that I, it's one of my bugbears on this podcast that. Um, language exists mm. mostly within culture as well, and so when I hear you saying that about "yeah, but yeah, but," I think that's that's part of our resistance to escaping culture. Is yes, if there's a lot of language going on, yeah. it's it's pro- you're probably not at the bedrock level yet. Yeah, um, that's. So, in our marriage example, Marty, the options look look like like first option, stay. Uh, continue to soothe yourself and do the thought work, or go to therapy. Right, you know,
0: and stay there. I always tell people stay as long as you can. Yeah. Um, and somebody told me that when I was a Mormon, and I immediately left, <laughs> 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 and because being given the permission to follow your heart actually will take you down below the bedrock, and you'll now you've got somebody on your side. There's a cultural element too. Um, but and so if you go down below the bedrock, and you know that it's your integrity to take the exit action, then it's pretty clear. But stay in as long as you can. Work it, you know. Try the therapy.
1: And then yeah. option two then is to leave or in Sari's word to act. Yeah, yeah. So um, so all
0: right. So you've got
1: should I stay or should I go now?
0: Yeah. You're we asking Marty? the question. Oh, I will tell you, as always, in just a minute. I've always been weird. (laughs) When I write and speak professionally, I have to tone it down, especially the part where I believe the universe loves us and is on our side. A few years ago, I decided to just show up online and say what I really think. This became The Gathering Pod, a series of discussions about how to thrive in a difficult world. So if you need hope, inspiration, or a chance to listen to someone much weirder than you could ever be, Come join me on the gathering pot. So, how do we figure it out? Yeah, you're in a should I stay or should I go situation, and there's a question uh, from Byron Katie, a spiritual teacher I admire, that I thought was a really good one. Um, she says, "Can you?" Th-, she doesn't say, "Can you think of a reason not to leave?" Can you think of a reason to stay where you are? She says, "Can you think of a?" peaceful reason to stay,
1: hmm.
0: which is really, really different. A peaceful reason. And this all relates to knowing your
1: own truth, right? Like the feeling that you get, you've talked about when you when you say the phrase, I'm meant to live in peace. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. I, I, I looked the world over literally for one thing that would make everyone feel a sense of truth. And the thing that, makes most people feel really in their truth most is asking the question or making the statement I am meant to live in peace so if you say that out there wherever you're listening say it a few times and your body your heart your mind and your soul tend to all come into alignment so if Uh, you can get alone
1: and then reach the feeling of bedrock mm -hmm. you can it's like a shortcut is is you know what happens if you say to yourself
0: in that solitude, I'm meant to live in peace. And then say, I'll stay. Can I find a peaceful reason, a reason that feels like that? I Mm. leave. Is that a peaceful reason, a reason that feels like that? And I've had people go either way, but the peace thing was very strong. It was a very helpful deciding factor. And I think they made the right choices. Yeah. So what if I feel peaceful
1: about leaving today, but then tomorrow... I, I don't, like, what do I do if I fear the regret of making a choice that feels peaceful yeah. today? Does that make sense?
0: Always. I mean, people always are worried about it. It's so hard and scary. But when you think about it, either choice is a potential regret. So you could regret leaving a situation or you could stay in a situation and think, oh, my God, I just gave 10 years of my life. To, I wish I had acted sooner. So it's really hard. Mm. Um, but I really think the peaceful option is your best bet. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I guess there's also a, like, how often are you, are you having the thought, oh, I wonder if I should leave? Like, if that comes and goes, right, it's probably not like, oh, run away.
0: If, there's another thing that you should probably consider, too, and that's that the, there are different parts of you. So, mm-hmm. I love part psychology. And it's probable that there's a part of you that wants to leave and a part of you that wants to go. Hang
1: and you on. can. There's a part of you that wants to leave and a part of you that wants to go. Oh, a girl. Freud.
0: Mm, Dr. Freud to the floor. <laughs> Part of you that wants to leave and part of you that wants to stay. And one thing you can do is sit down with a notebook and say, okay, part that wants to leave, give me your answer, give me your reasons and have it write, Have that part, write them down Mm. and then say, okay, part that wants to stay, what are your reasons? Write those down. If you can get them talking to each other, Mm -hmm. they can often think of, uh, they can pick a best option or even better. They can create a third option that you hadn't thought of before.
1: That's so cool. Yeah. That's really I really love that.
0: So, um, yeah. And, and if you're just remember, if you're always thinking that question, should I leave it or should I go? Should I leave or should I go? Then <laughs> I think the answer is in the question. It's like if you go into a hotel room and you immediately go, oh, I think I, maybe I should get a, cha- a different room. If you go into a hotel room that's copacetic, you don't ask that question. So if you're asking it from the moment you get in to the moment you get out, mm, pay attention. I
1: remember a hotel room. That do I, you i once stayed in hotel is probably too strong a word <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i was out in rural maharashtra india oh really and i was staying um in this little town
0: mm-hmm. that
1: had hot springs and and stuff but i was traveling Not in my it. 20s and i um was traveling cheap and traveling cheap in india is is uh, quite really? a thing let me tell you and this one room <laughs> i went into the room it was the only place. It was like it was like I was about to give birth to Jesus. It was the only <laughs> room available in the town, and it was right in my budget. Uh, the room was all cement,
0: mm-hmm. as I
1: recall. There was a window with a small window with some bars, but the floor was cement. The walls were cement. The ceiling couldn't have been cement, but it felt like it. Mm. Anyway, uh, all there was in the middle of the room was a bed, mm. like a, a twin size bed, and above it. A single light bulb hung, suspended Laundry. from, it. And it was about. It was about like a twenty watt one. You know, you didn't the like old the money. Money. chandelier, huh? And so it was very dim. So even when the light was lit, you couldn't see the corners. Oh, good, cool. And uh, the other thing about traveling as a backpacker in India is you got to use your mosquito net, folks, because oh. you don't want any Ooh. of that malaria stuff happening. So yeah, I had my trusty gaffer tape that I took everywhere and I managed to gaffer tape this is so bad to gaffer <laughs> tape the mosquito net to the light bulb which of course I had to turn off or else it would catch fire probably oh my god so I had to turn the light off in order to go to bed with the mosquito net on and then I just laid it I tucked in the mosquito net around the bed and then I just lay there listening to the skitterings oh But, Marty, this wasn't really one of those um, ding, ding, call the concierge, I'd like to request another room. It wasn't really that kind of a situation. right? Um, But listen, here's the thing. I actually was fine. That was fine. That was a, you know, there was peace in that, you know. Really? You didn't say I absolutely have to go? The worst thing about it, looking back, is that – I didn't have a new book to read because I didn't hadn't met any any English speaking Westerners that I could swap books with. This was in the old days, and I had to reread one of Dan Brown's later books to keep myself. Wow. Okay. Wow.
0: I need to take a minute with that. I can handle the skittering. I can handle the one light bulb, but rereading a Dan mm, Brown
1: book—it's not good.
0: Um. Hey, but let me tell you one other thing. Yeah. Uh, the
1: next time. Yes. I went to a new town and, and was ready to get a, a somewhere to stay. I did opt that time for a room that had a toilet instead oh. of a hole in the corner Imagine of Imagine the, the luxury.
0: Yeah. Oh, my heavens. You so really I, upgraded.
1: I was fine, but I did upgrade later, much as in my next marriage, I will no. I'm just kidding, <sighs> Pookie. I'm just I, kidding.
0: I promise to stop skittering in the corners. <laughs> and yeah, I may give you annoying. another light bulb soon. Oh, lucky me! Yeah, I um, those are the times when you know you have to leave. And the one I have, I've slept in some crappy hotel rooms, but the one I really thought about leaving, it was paper thin walls with this very gaudy wallpaper. And on the other side of this wall, and it really sounded like it was in the room with me, there were three very drunken men teaching each other to play the banjo. (laughs) (laughs) And I think they only had one banjo and they were fighting quite loudly over it. And then the one who had it was like, ning, 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 (laughs) ning, ning, but not in a really melodic way. Yeah, leaving was the right decision, but I didn't take it. I stayed in that damn room, and I, it haunts me to this day. So, yeah, you can regret staying, or you can regret leaving. That oh. is an
1: excellent illustration of the theme. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Poor Sari's um. in some really difficult situation, <laughs> and we're talking about ridiculous hotel rooms. All right,
1: come on, let's let's okay. figure this out. All right, me. let's hit it.
0: Yeah. How do we figure it out? First thing we've, we we talked about, I always talk about solitude, solitude, solitude. And when I was thinking about solitude with Sorry's question is the SOL at the beginning made me think of the soul thing, like the, the S-O-L-E, not the S-O-U-L. Mm. So get solitude in place so there's no other people around you and you have peace. And then there's solitude in the moment. There's no other moment. So then you take the risk of future regret out of it when you come into the present moment, which is the only place peace can really get you, by the way. You make yourself available by being in the soul place in the soul time. You're locked in, and then you can get an answer.
1: Okay. So this is just, I don't know if this is a um, detour or not, but when you're talking about soul, I started thinking about like the soul of your feet, and <laughs> um, it just reminded me of something really funny that your wonderful daughter Ellie posted on the internet recently, that on on Instagram, and she's this is this is a, a run on sentence with no punctuation. It literally says. I've never played so much video game in my life and I will never want to again. LMAO, I feel so weird. I need to connect with the earth or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, video game. and I just, it, and it made me think, oh, this like, th- there's something to that. The soles of your feet, the sole mm. place, the sole time. But another, yes. another way away from culture is getting, getting, I am not even kidding, barefoot. On the On the ground, yeah. Yeah.
0: Barefoot on the earth is a really powerful thing. And I always think, I feel this way sometimes in sessions when people start making a really key choice, and I know I have to be quiet
1: Mm. for them.
0: And I think of the biblical line, because I was raised religious, um, where uh, Moses is walking past this bush and it bursts into flames, and it says, Moses, take off thy shoes, for the ground on which thou standest is holy. Hmm. And I think that's holy ground when you're making a really, really hard decision. I actually like that, take your damn shoes off and stand on the ground to do this. Yeah. Wow, the wisdom of the earth. It's cool, huh? One time I had a brilliant thought, brilliant, in the middle of the night, reached out for a notebook, scribbled it down, couldn't wait to look at it in the morning, and I had written, the soles of, no, the palms of my feet are sweating like mules.
1: So, listeners, just if if you take nothing else from this episode, take that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So, so we've got
1: to find, I don't know what tomorrow is going to be like. I don't know what other people are going to want me to do. So, what is the most peaceful option for just me right now?
0: Yeah. And then as you go from one soul moment to the next soul moment, you can do whatever it takes to work on the situation as it as you have to deal with it. Because even if you're supposed to leave, um, that may take some time and you have to keep checking and checking and checking in. Because the piece is a compass. It changes. Maybe it's not supposed to be like I left academia. I thought that was out. And then I got sort of steered into another academic job just for a little while. But it set me on a new course. So the peace river may take you places you don't expect. Keep checking in with it all the time. Yeah.
1: And I also want to say that because the point of this is that we go outside of culture, it, what your, what the peace river, um, where that takes you is very likely to look weird to those around you sorry yeah it may not make a lot of sense to other people don't mm-hmm. look for validation from other people look for validation Good point. yes
0: in. yes and and your wild self it's not like you'll just be self-indulgent because for example um you may quit a job because you're exhausted and i think you have you have chronic fatigue syndrome right and like there were jobs you thought i got to get out of this because i'm too tired but now you're a mom and you're exhausted and Lila wakes up crying and your wild self.
1: Yeah. Is- the, and then the only thing that I want to do and the and it is the peaceful thing is go in there and take care of her no matter how right. exhausted I am. Yeah, that's absolutely right. right. So
0: your wild self may look weird to other people. It may take you in different directions. It may not even make sense to you. Mm. But if you always go to that soul time, soul place, souls on the ground, and then find the peaceful option, I really do believe that we are meant to live in that peace. Mm. So follow the river. Sorry, everybody, folks. And stay Stay wild. wild.
1: We hope you're enjoying Bewildered. If you're in the USA and want to be notified when a new episode comes out, text the word WILD to 570-873-0144. We're also on Instagram. Our handle is Bewildered Podcast. You can follow us to get updates, hear funny snippets and outtakes and chat with other fans of the show. Bewildered is produced by Scott Forster with support from the brilliant team at MBI. And remember, if you're having fun, please rate and review and stay wild.
0: You know, what I'm seeing out in the world is a lot of fear and a growing amount of despair. Maybe you're feeling that way too, because the ways our culture has taught us to navigate the world, to navigate our lives, they are failing us. We need And the world needs wayfinders now more than ever. So please go to marthabeck.com and you'll find your way.